0: 90%. RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines: the Hong Kong Philharmonic is to be quarantined after a member test positive for COVID 19. The Chief Executive's Office says Carrie Lam attended a concert by the orchestra last Friday, but has since tested negative for coronavirus. And CY Leung publishes details of 18 teachers he says are being prosecuted over protest-related offences. Members of the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra are to be quarantined after one of them tested positive for COVID-19. They last played on Friday last week with the chief executive Carrie Lam in attendance. Maggie Ho reports.
1: Carrie Lam is in Shenzhen to attend a high-profile event tomorrow with President Xi Jinping and other state leaders but her office says she's been tested and cleared of COVID-19 after attending a philharmonic concert last Friday. It says she sat far away from the performers, left halfway through the concert and is not considered a close contact. However, she did get tested as advised by the Center for Health Protection, which has also urged her to wear a mask in public places and pay attention to her health. The CHP says members of the orchestra and backstage staff have been quarantined after a preliminary test on a 35-year-old musician came back positive. A source told RTHK around 100 people are being isolated. The man who tested positive last performed to a sellout crowd at the Cultural Center Concert Hall on Saturday. But the Philharmonic says social distancing measures had been in place and health authorities say he didn't have any direct contact with the public. The Philharmonic has cancelled all performances scheduled for this weekend and next, while the government says affected areas in the cultural center will be temporarily closed for disinfection.
0: The government has confirmed that it's extending anti-pandemic measures, including social distancing in bars and restaurants and compulsory mask wearing, by at least another week until October the 22nd. Officials say the average daily number of cases has continued to increase, and infections with no clear source are still emerging. Hong Kong reported eight new cases of COVID-19 today, four of them imported. Two of the four local cases were not linked to previous patients. The observatory has defended its decision to issue the number eight signal earlier today, even though tropical storm Nankar caused next to no damage to Hong Kong. Meteorologists say it was the right move to make to ensure that people were safe given the weather conditions. The signal was downgraded to a number three signal earlier this evening. Joanne Wong reports.
1: With no reports of flooding or landslides and just the occasional fallen tree, Some people on social media expressed surprise over what little impact tropical storm Nanka had had on the territory. The signal number 8 was issued at 5.40 a.m., a few hours after the storm reached its closest point to Hong Kong, about 440 kilometers south of the SAR. Senior Scientific Officer Wu Wangchen says it was the first time since the 1960s that the observatory had issued a number 8 signal over a storm that was so far away. But he says it was a prudent move because Hong Kong was under the influence of both a tropical storm and a northeast monsoon, a situation that strengthens wind speeds.
0: Former chief executive CY Leung has published personal information on what he claims are 18 teachers prosecuted for protest-related offences, including names, ages and school details. Damon Pan reports. In a Facebook post titled Outrageous, CY Leung says the Education Bureau, the Hong Kong Professional
2: Teachers Union, schools and their sponsoring bodies have all neglected parents' right to know who these teachers are. Mr Leung said the group 803 Funds, which he founded to trace demonstrators suspected of being involved in criminality, believes public interest overrides the teacher's privacy, so it has verified their identities with their schools and made the details public. Today, 803 Funds starts with criminal cases which have been reported by the media, he said. His list includes names, ages and school names for 18 people, along with crimes he says they have been accused
0: of and references to
2: various media reports.
0: The education sector lawmaker Ip Kin Yun said Mr Leung was spreading hatred.
2: I think he is uh, trying to compile some, some names and publicize them and try to cause troubles to these people and to the schools. I think the intention is a very bad no, it doesn't help society at all. It's out of hostility and it's except no uh, promoting hatred. I don't think there is any positive thing
0: inside it. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. More than 100 scholars from Hong Kong and around the world have signed a joint statement condemning the SAR's new security law and calling for international action to defend academic freedom. The signatories from institutions in 16 countries say the fact that the law applies to actions anywhere in the world means that students travelling through Hong Kong risk jail over academic work done elsewhere. Stephen Chan, a professor of cultural studies at Lingnan University, is one of the signatories
3: because of the vagueness and a lot of gray areas of this law and the lack of transparency in the institution itself, I think there's a great risk. Uh, Needless to say, in research and publication, that concerns individual faculty members as well as all our research projects going on, especially in the area of uh, uh, humanities and the social sciences, which touches on topics uh, relating to Hong Kong or to China.
0: Civil servant unions have urged the government to offer training and clear guidelines to staff about a new oath which requires them to uphold the basic law and swear allegiance to the SAR. Staff who joined since July the 1st will sign a statement, while existing workers will be asked to take the oath later. The Federation of Civil Service Unions says the vague wording and lack of guidelines make public servants worry they might accidentally break the new national security law when they talk about government policies. The Hong Kong Chinese Civil Servants Association also wants the government to spell out what is the punishment for breaking the oath. Li Kui Yin, who heads the association, says the policy change was
1: too hasty. It's very important to let them know the details clearly about all the regulations and the requirements and also in the wrong one the government has to provide adequate training for them to let them know that what does it mean by supporting basic law and also to committed with the government we think that that is uh, very important to ensure that the civil servants know all the requirements and will not be mistakenly to violate the requirement of the government
0: A top microbiologist says people with mild respiratory symptoms should be forced to take a coronavirus test as the government needs to take a targeted approach to using limited testing and infection control resources. Francis Sitt reports.
1: University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yung kuo Yung says COVID-19 tests should be done in places where it's easier to find patients, such as when people with mild symptoms visit doctors. Professor Yung, who advises the government on his anti-epidemic measures, said it should be compulsory for these people to take a test, and health authorities and police could be asked to follow up if patients refuse. In terms of infection control, Professor Yung called for targeted measures at high-risk places, including wet markets or areas where people remove their masks in public. Professor Yun has predicted over a thousand people could die from COVID-19 this winter if the outbreak isn't controlled, especially as viruses survive longer in winter and people suffer more serious inflammatory responses.
0: President Xi Jinping has visited the city of Shantou as part of his tour of Guangdong province ahead of his highly anticipated visit to Shenzhen tomorrow. State media reported that the president visited a cultural exhibition hall and a museum to learn about the city's history and development as a special economic zone before heading out onto the streets to chat with local residents. He will be in Shenzhen tomorrow to mark the 40th anniversary of the country's first special economic zone. China has posted very strong trade figures for September, indicating that it's coping much better than other major economies with the coronavirus crisis. China was the first country hit by the virus and its economy appears to have been the first to recover. The figures come as the International Monetary Fund said it expected the global recession to be less severe than it had predicted in June. But its chief economist, Gita Gopinath, also warned of a long-lasting impact.
1: This
4: crisis will leave scars well into the medium term as labour markets take time to heal. Investment is held back by higher uncertainty and worsening balance sheets. Global growth is expected to gradually slow to about 3.5% in the medium term, which means that over the medium term we have a projection of a permanent loss in output pretty much everywhere in the world.
0: The Malaysian opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim has met the King as he tries to prove that he has enough parliamentary support to oust the current Prime Minister and form a new government. If he's convinced, the King could order Parliament to be dissolved, order a vote of confidence in the government or appoint Mr. Anwar as Prime Minister. Speaking to reporters, the opposition leader thanked the King and asked for patience.
3: I would appeal to the militians to exercise... um patience, wisdom, and to allow the king to uh, digest decide decide based on the um, spirit of the constitution and the discretion of his highness.
0: Cyprus has announced that it's scrapping a scheme to sell Cypriot passports to large investors, amid allegations that the parliamentary speaker and another MP were willing to help a supposed Chinese businessman with a criminal record acquire one is the BBC's Mike Sanders. A Cypriot passport gives the holder the right to live and work anywhere in the
3: European Union. Critics have long warned that selling them to big investors is asking for trouble. Now, the Al Jazeera television channel has published undercover filming of the parliamentary speaker Dimitris Suluris and another MP discussing selling a golden passport to a supposed Chinese entrepreneur. It's revealed that the bogus businessman has a criminal record for bribery and money laundering, but the Cypriot politicians appear undeterred.
0: Mr. Solouris, who's stood down from his parliamentary duties, denies wrongdoing. President Trump's nominee to the US Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, has refused to say whether she would vote to overturn US abortion law as it currently stands. She was repeatedly pressed on the issue on the second day of her confirmation hearing at the Senate Judiciary Committee. Its leading Democrat, Diane Feinstein, said she was disappointed that the judge would not commit to protecting the abortion rights of US women. Judge Barrett gave this response.
1: That's a case that's litigated. It could, you know, its contours could come up again. In fact, do come up. You know, they they came up last term before the court. So I think, you know, what the Casey standard is and um, that's just, it's a contentious issue, which is, I know, one reason why it would be comforting to you to have an answer. But I can't express views on cases or pre-commit um, ...to approaching a case any particular way.
0: To Sports Now, and Portuguese forward Cristiano Ronaldo... ...has tested positive for COVID-19. In a statement, Portugal's Football Federation said... ...the 35-year-old Juventus striker will miss... ...Wednesday's UEFA Nations League game against Sweden. But it says he has no symptoms and is in isolation. The Federation added that the rest of the Portugal squad... ...had undergone tests, but that they had all tested negative and would be available for the Sweden match. For the first time this season, fans are back watching Major League Baseball in a stadium. Over 10,000 people turned out for Game 1 of the National League Championship Series between the LA Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. The game was held in Texas, a state that has more relaxed laws around holding larger events with crowds. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts says he's happy to see fans in the seats after playing so many games behind closed doors
2: all players and managers feel the same, that, you know, this industry was was uh, in a tough spot and to see where we're at right now and, and, you know, hopefully we get through this and have a World Series champion, it's a, quite an accomplishment for everyone. Um, so I think that I, you know, I think that all players and coaches feel the same way.
0: The Braves used to a full run... The Braves used to a four-run ninth inning to beat the Dodgers 5-1. Earlier, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Houston Astros 4-2 in San Diego to take a 2-0 lead in the American League Championship Series. The mainland club, R&F, are threatening to quit the Hong Kong Premier League, meaning the upcoming season could be down to eight teams. Adam Cheung reports. Guangzhou
1: R&F are set to quit after they failed to win a trophy in each of their four seasons in Hong Kong. The mainland club topped the league table prior to the pandemic, but faltered after the restart and finished the season in third place. That's despite having spent over $50 million in each of the past two seasons, and more than $100 million since they joined the league in 2016. The team's players, including former Hong Kong international Lo Kwan Yee, have expressed Concerns over their future with the club. Sources from the league say RNF are set to leave, though the club have yet to make an official announcement.
0: And a reminder of our top stories tonight the Hong Kong Philharmonic is to be quarantined after a member tests positive for COVID 19. The chief executive's office says Carrie Lam attended a concert by the orchestra last Friday, but has since tested negative for coronavirus. And CY Leung publishes details of 18 teachers he says are being prosecuted over protest-related offences. The news from RTHK.
2: RTHK Radio 3.
0: It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. The former chief executive, CY Leung, has published details of 18 teachers who he says are being prosecuted for protest-related offences. In a Facebook post, he gave the teachers names, ages and schools, as well as the charges they face. Mr Leung said the information came from media reports. He accused the Education Bureau, the Professional Teachers Union and schools of failing to share facts that parents and the public had a right to know. The education sector lawmaker Ipkin Yoon said Mr Leung was spreading hatred. He spoke to Jimmy Choi.
2: I think he is trying to compile some, some names and publicize them and try to cause troubles to these people and to the schools. I think the intention is a very bad. Uh, no, it, it doesn't help the society at all. Uh, is out of hostility and is except promoting hatred. I don't think there is any positive thing uh, inside it.
1: Now, he was citing information from media reports. Does that amount to doxing?
2: I'm not sure, uh, but I think uh, this is very improper to uh, do it this way. The only result is to hurt people, is not to help the society. So whether this is Doxing or not is not the main issue, Is a bad thing to do.
1: And what impact do you think this so-called naming and shaming tactic will have on the education sector?
2: I hope uh, the education sector and the society at large should ignore this kind of thing. And this is not what the society uh, should do. Uh, you know, um, uh, people... Uh, should not engage in this kind of uh, naming and shaming activities. This is a kind of political propaganda. Uh, So I hope that we will ignore them. And also we should protect the education sector, so not to uh, let it be heard.
0: More than 100 scholars from Hong Kong and around the world have signed a joint statement condemning the SAR's new security law and calling for international action to defend academic freedom. The signatories from institutions in 16 countries say the fact that the law applies to actions anywhere in the world means that students travelling through Hong Kong risk jail over academic work done elsewhere. Richard Pine asked one of the signatories, Professor Stephen Chan from the Lingnan University's Department of Cultural Studies, what his concerns are. I
3: think in Hong Kong we all see that the implementation of the law in connection with the whole move by the government to restrict freedom really of any sorts in connection with the recent activities and in in an attempt to really for the long run control various sorts of activities that they consider to be important including as you know in the media and here we're talking about freedom of expression freedom of academic work in the universities as well as in the high schools. Academic freedom in Hong Kong is so important our achievements at the higher education level has been dependent on a free atmosphere, free environment, and the freedom to pursue research, teaching, and knowledge across the board for many, many years. The recent situation, I think, consolidated by this law, which uh, generated lots of problems because of its vagueness and because of its broad coverage, including people who may not be residents in Hong Kong, as you know, Article 36. In five areas, namely teaching, research, scholarly activities, funding and governance, as well as the impact on individual faculty members, with the weapon of this law, I think uh, all our work in the higher education sector will be affected.
2: Are universities already taking steps to maybe protect students as well as staff from, from these concerns?
3: I don't think so. In fact, as individual faculty members are beginning to be concerned. I don't see any sign of the university management looking into this, this situation. In fact, you may recall that earlier in a, weeks or months ago, uh, many university presidents came out really to support the need for this NSL without any mention of academic freedom. We're not saying that you know, there shouldn't be such a law, but with the institution of, a, of such a law, I think that all the university members and the university community need to, to stress and uphold academic freedom as our last defense. Otherwise, we will be really retreating to a space where academic work cannot go on anymore like before, which will be a disaster for Hong Kong in this whole field. And of course, with the impact made on academic freedom, you can imagine how that would affect our scholarship, our research, our whole education quality, and the whole healthy development of the whole sector.
2: Since you're a signatory to this statement, are you at all worried that it could get you into trouble.
3: I think that's the whole point. Every single member of the academic community should see the seriousness of this matter for the long-term benefit of our field, of our education, and of the clients that we serve, including our students, of course, but also society at large, which eventually we will benefit through our research, whether it's in the area of science, in the area of finding a solution to all kinds of virus, or in the humanities and social science when we are trying to look into social development, economic development, and financial development factors. So if there are so many red lines that we will be encounter, I don't see how Hong Kong can strive as an international center of scholarship. I may add that the reason I'm speaking out is also because I'm a part of this small group called the Scholars Alliance for Academic Freedom which is a local alliance of university uh, researchers and teachers who want to precisely speak to the public and to our uh, fellow colleagues in the, in the university, higher education sector to pay attention to this. We already actually drafted a charter on academic freedom, which we will push out to the public domain for more discussion so that it could be A kind of mechanism for the whole university community including hopefully university management to adopt the principles of academic freedom Mm -hmm. in light of all these negative developments that are ongoing but we all know academic freedom is protected by the basic law and by all kinds of covenants on human rights that Hong Kong has signed in for however With the institution of the NSL, we think that it is time now that we should not react by more censorship and more self-censorship, but by laying on the ground clear principles for the upholding of academic freedom in our ongoing work.
0: More concerns are being raised over reports the government intends to change election laws to set up polling stations in the Greater Bay Area across the border. The idea is to allow Hong Kong permanent residents to vote without having to return to the city. But officials from the Electoral Affairs Commission say a whole host of issues would need to be addressed, as they have no experience in doing this. Professor Ma a political scientist from the Chinese University, says another issue is how Hong Kong laws against vote rigging could even be enforced across the border. He told Jim Gould about the practical and legal issues that need to be addressed.
4: I think it opens a can of worms in that who are going to man these polling stations in China. Do, do we send Hong Kong civil servants there and then uh, would Hong Kong electoral laws be applicable in, in the mainland China? So if anybody who is involved in any kind of electoral fraud or corruption or maybe uh, threatening voters, are the Hong Kong laws actually applicable to in mainland China and who are going to uh, enforce them? So these are like I think as the uh, EAC report shows, these are like legal issues that can be uh, very problematic. And also it involves, I think, changing the very definition of eligibility of voters uh, in Hong Kong because now they need to prove normal residence in Hong Kong and have a valid address in Hong Kong in order to register. But if the change, a proposed change, allows uh, people who are residing in the Greater Bay Area uh, to vote, then... May entail a
0: very big change. And what do you make of the EAC's comments that other government departments would have to be relied on for coordination and implementation of voting in the mainland?
4: I think they believe that actually the election committee itself or or actually the the election affairs department cannot handle on its own. And then you may need to deploy many other civil servants from other departments, some of them working in mainland to handle this. But I think that central message is that it is very complicated and then it it, it is actually beyond the current jurisdiction of the current legal uh, requirements of the electoral laws in Hong Kong. So I think that the message is actually they don't want to do it. They think that it's... It, it.
0: I mean, many places around the world allow their uh, citizens uh, to vote in elections if they're not living there, if they're living elsewhere. I mean, by various different means. I mean, how about if the Hong Kong authorities uh, decided to organise postal votes or proxy votes? Yeah,
4: postal votes. but I think you need to change the laws, for example. And then also, as the EAC report actually shows, that uh, there will be doubts whether or not there will be uh, problems of corruption and yet, for fraud, because it is possible that some other people can collect ballots and then uh, send them in and then uh, now because i think a lot of people have very little confidence in the, the electoral integrity of uh, of hong kong so this is again i think very politically sensitive to to conduct
0: like postal voting it's difficult to be a chess grandmaster. You need memory, dexterity of mind and inevitably as you get older it gets harder. Igor's Roussis seems to buck that trend, playing and improving into his 50s. He was the exception to the rule. That was until something happened. The Times newspaper's Jack Malvern has been writing about this story and told the BBC's Claire MacDonald what that was.
5: He was a bit of a phenomenon. He was bucking the trend of of older players who tend to um, fall down the rankings in their 50s. But he was quite remarkable. He was going up. Um, And this was going very well for him until a tournament in Strasbourg last year when um, people who had been suspicious of his uh, rise up the rankings followed him into the loo um, and took a photograph of him over the top of a cubicle. Um, of him sitting on the loo with his trousers still on, but one trouser leg rolled up from which he had produced a mobile phone um, on which he was checking um, what his next good move would be on a chess programme. Um, and this caused terrible scandal. He was given a ban of six years by the World Chess Federation, which is the longest ban anyone has ever received. Um, and that really seemed to be the end of it. He he confessed and, and, and he'd gone. Now, this all suddenly changed on the weekend and Saturday. A mysterious figure turned up at a tournament in Latvia. And one of the other players was thinking, well, what's going on here? Because here's this unranked person who's completely demolished his, his opponent um, in this tournament. Um, and th- is that him? Um, and was, alerted. Was, was this person going player. to the toilet a lot? Uh, no, no, no. But he was wearing a mask between rounds. Um uh, but I mean, right some of the other players were too um but it did make it harder to work out exactly who he was uh but then uh, yes well uh, another player went up to him and uh, and immediately recognized him and said what are you doing here um and he you know he admitted that it was him um and that he'd come in under a different name because he's changed his name um, but he said this wasn't to disguise himself he said this was because um he was so uh, oppressed by, um, whenever anyone looked up his name, immediately finding this photograph of him sitting on the loo um, meant that uh, <laughs> was he, something he was to trying on. to get away from. He wanted to move <laughs> yeah. on. But listen, if he was manned for six years, surely that's it. He shouldn't have been allowed to play at this tournament. What did the organizer say? Well... The tournament was not an official World Chess Federation tournament and so therefore technically it's not a breach of the rules. However um, its it, it, I think no tournament organiser would want to have a known cheat competing for them and it's questionable whether um, they were fully aware of who he was. What happens now then? He's changed his name. Um, he's uh, been exiled again. Will he keep popping up do you think? <laughs> well I mean if it's if it's not a World Chess Federation tournament, he can try his hand at it um, and see what the organisers say, but yeah, the ban's still in place, um, he can't go to any uh, of the, the official ones and people will now be, uh, well, uh, everyone will now be aware um, of what his new name is.
0: Those stories were part of the news wrap programme which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening.
3: Retaining customers is key to business success. That's why there are always new gimmicks to keep people coming back for more. Even so, customers should not be introduced to products that are proven to be harmful, like cigarettes. Traditional cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, and heat not burn tobacco products all contain carcinogens. Don't be misled. Both vaping and smoking are harmful. Call the quit line 1-833-183 to quit now.
0: Johnny Pearson and his orchestra, now moving on to the next item. The Spotlight on Johnny Hartman. It's all about a love song. My one and only love.